Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is a message for anyone with high LDLC or bad cholesterol who has had or is at risk of having a cardiovascular adverse event. Merck is studying an investigational medication to see whether it may help lower the risk of future cardiovascular adverse events. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death worldwide. And in the United States alone, there are over 73 million people living with high LDLC. To learn about whether you may qualify, visit CoralReefStudies.com now. Again, that is C-O-R-A-L-R-E-E-F-S-T-U-D-I-E-S dot com. Episode 156 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. They're just radicals. Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. Hi, I'm Christopher Hahn. Welcome to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. Thank you for liking, rating, reviewing, subscribing, telling your friends, and following me on Twitter. I'm at Christopher Hahn there. Christopher Hahn NY on Instagram. I, I, I mean, they're getting more radical by the day. The GOP in Pennsylvania elected a governor who said, yeah, you, you could vote. I, if I just don't like the results, I'm going to change them myself. I'm going to appoint a secretary of state that will agree with my results. Uh, and then former President Trump on Truth Social just over the weekend suggesting that a new civil war is coming. And, you know, the only it, he doesn't want a civil war because he has any real ideological difference between progressives and, and conservatives. He has a, an idea for a civil war because America doesn't love him anymore, and he wants the people who love him to pick up arms and kill the people who don't love them. That's, that's his thinking here. It's not for any great ideological thing. I mean, I know that you know people on the right want to point to Trump's ideology and his policies. Nonsense. The man abandoned everything the GOP stood for, and the GOP went right along with them because they only really stood for power. I'm talking to Reed Gallen from the Lincoln Project, one of the founders of the Lincoln Project, in a few minutes right here on this podcast. We talk all about that. It is uh, exactly what they stand for. They stand for nothing. They stand for power, raw power, and nothing other than power. And they want to hold on to that power, whether the people want them to have that power or not. They are radicals. They are un-American, and they want to paint progressives and Democrats as people destroying America. Yet they have this ridiculous fascist streak within them, this totalitarian. They are tilting towards dictatorship. If the election... Uh, of the selection, I should say, of uh, the uh, of the Republican nominee for governor in Pennsylvania, Doug Mastriano. If that doesn't show you their colors, just just look at what this guy has said. Just look what he said. Not before he won the Republican primary, which was he was pretty much a short bet. Look at what he said after the primary. I, I mean, this is a man who is just too radical for America. And you know what? I don't think they're going to win that seat. I think it's a rough year to be a Democrat in this country. But I don't think that the voters in Pennsylvania want a governor who will just ignore their vote, right? 
And and believe me, this guy will not concede defeat. We you know we talk about this with Reed in a little while. You know Donald Trump's out there telling Dr. Oz to claim victory, and Dr. Oz is up by a little bit in the Pennsylvania Senate primary, but is clearly not over. They've got many many absentee ballots to count in Pennsylvania. Um, that's what we do in America. We count the votes. They don't end on election night if there are absentee ballots to vote. Now look. I'm a big believer in that we should be counting absentee ballots uh, before Election Day so that on Election Night we have a really good tally of it. And I, and I know in Pennsylvania they do that for most of them, but you still have time under their law to get those ballots in. They need to be postmarked by a certain date. Then you've got to give a week for mail, maybe more now because of Postmaster General DeJoy and what Donald Trump did to screw up the mail when he was president. But that's who they are. And to quote Maya Angelou, when people show you who they are, believe them the first time. I believe them. I believe that guys like Doug Mastriano will will subvert the will of the people for his own pure political power if he is given the opportunity to do that. And I'm hoping to God that the people of Pennsylvania do not give him the opportunity to do that. You know, these people never accept defeat. Uh, where I'm from on Long Island, there's this group called the Allowed Majority, and they were very active in school board races. And they lost most of the school board races that they were in that were competitive races. They had a couple of people win in areas where there wasn't a lot of competition. And then they tried to glom on to other races that they didn't even endorse in because the candidates who were running for school board, which is a very nonpartisan thing here on Long Island, um, happened to be registered Republicans. It was, it was kind of funny. Uh, the loud majority lost the majority of what they what they uh, participated in last week. And I'll tell you this, when you're the majority, you don't really need to be loud because you're the majority. And just by the purpose, you know, just by the fact that you are the majority, you are louder than other people because there should be more of you. What we see here with the Long Island loud majority and these other right-wing ultra-maga groups around the country who are pretending to represent everybody, they've got to be really loud and obnoxious to get attention because they represent no one. They are not even the majority within the Republican parties. They are just the people who show up for primaries, and we should be very, very suspicious of them. Look, I'm taking some heat for this. I believe there are good people on the right. I believe there are good people in the Republican Party who just have different views on how to govern than I do. They have different views on what the direction and the priorities of this country should be than I do. The, un- the problem we have, though, with them is they are not speaking up. They are having their voices drown out by groups like the Loud Majority, by groups like MAGA, by people like Doug Mastriano. It is time for the good Republicans to step up and to take a stand against Trump and these people who would bring this country to its knees to end our democratic republic. It is time for them to speak up. All right, I'm not going to waste any more time. Uh, I've got a great guest, Reed Gallen. You're going to love it. Uh, Stick around for that, and I'll be back to wrap up the show. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
This is a message for anyone with high LDLC or bad cholesterol who has had or is at risk of having a cardiovascular adverse event. Merck is studying an investigational medication to see whether it may help lower the risk of future cardiovascular adverse events. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death worldwide. And in the United States alone, there are over 73 million people living with high LDLC. To learn about whether you may qualify, visit CoralReefStudies.com now. Again, that is C-O-R-A-L-R-E-E-F-S-T-U-D-I-E-S.com. Joining me now, Reed Gallen is a co-founder of the Lincoln Project, uh, and he's been on the show before, and it's been a while. Reed, how you doing? I'm well, Chris. How are you? Thanks for having me back. I'm doing great, man. Always good to have you back. You always a great perspective. So, you know, before we get into you know, uh, the choice debate or, or, or January 6th committee and everything's going on. Big primary in Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz yeah. seems to be winning the Senate primary. Uh, but he hasn't won yet. Yet the former guy, Donald Trump, is trying to get him to claim victory, which is right. kind of funny because, you know, it's just a ballot position. <laughs> right. He has a habit of doing that, doesn't he? It's, Whether it's true or not, I guess the truth the truth has never gotten in Donald's way, has it? No, it's never gotten in his way, and and frankly, you know, if he thinks that the Democrats are the ones who are going to steal it from him, and I think the Democrats would rather run against Doctor Oz than uh, what's the other guy's name, McCulloch, uh, Dave McCormick, McCormick. That's right. I I, I mean, Dave McCormick. I think that's probably right. Yeah, I mean, Dave McCormick seems. I mean, look, he he's kissed Trump's ring like everybody else. But Trump also said a lot of nasty things about him, which can be wind up in, in political ads against him. But he's also he's kind of more of a mainstream former, you know, kind of a Pennsylvania type Republican. Whereas Dr. Oz, people are calling him Dr. New Jersey. I think it's a clear, you know, I think the clean shots at Dr. Oz for the Democrats. Well, I, I think that's right. And a couple of things. One is that yeah, not only is Dr. Oz from New Jersey, uh, he's a TV doctor, right? He um, his first name is Mehmet. And I hate to say that anyone's name, especially in modern day America, would matter. But to a lot of people of the T of Pennsylvania, it might. And um, and um, that, you know, he also, you know, this is the kind of guy who, you know, he's like buddies with Oprah. Right. Right. Um, he has no, you know, he has no political background to speak of. And so I think it's one of those things that he is uh, he is more vulnerable. But if you had told me that somebody was going to be talking about a a you know U.S. Senate race between a TV doctor and a Democratic lieutenant governor who looks like a professional wrestler. I don't think anybody would have seen that coming. No, no, no. I mean, Fetterman not he he, he not only just like Jesse Ventura, he looks like Jesse Ventura. Right, like a less fit, right. like a less fit Jesse Ventura. Right. Well, and you know, and that's the other part too. Is right. I mean, uh, you know, the guy just had a stroke. Um, you know, he had to go to the hospital for a procedure, I think, to put in a pacemaker and something else. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, this is one of those things where the variables uh, of the race far outweigh the conflict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you what do you make of it, though? I mean, do you think like, look, I think that if it's Dr. Oz, I think the guy's got a very good chance. I think if it's the other guy, I am not sure that it goes the Democrats way. Well, look, I mean, Dave McCormick is, you know, I believe he, uh, you know, he was, uh, you know, he served in the military. I believe he served in the George W. Bush administration. Um, you know, he is, uh, you know, he's a billionaire investment type guy. Um, yeah, he wants, you know, he, he had to go to the, to the Trump faction as best he could in the primary because that's what the, 
you know, the MAGA in Pennsylvania is probably more purely concentrated than it is just about anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, he, you know, just, you know, he could be, he could also be, if he plays his cards right, you know, sort of a Mitt Romney type. Right. Well, I mean, that would, that would so be, I think that, yeah. That would be my biggest fear is that he makes that nice sharp turn to the center, which I think he's probably more capable of doing. I mean, Dr. Oz will try to make the sharp turn to the center. He should be capable of doing it. But I think in Dr. Oz's case, it might turn people off. Right. Well, that's the thing is that I think that, yeah, I think that's right. I think you also take in the. Uh Oh, I lost you. Hold on one second. Yep, yep. Hold on a minute. I'll just, I'll just mock time in my show here while he gets to a better phone location. Let me, know, let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. You ready? Yeah, yeah. So just re up me and then if you can cut this. Oh no, it's live. <laughs> There's no oh, cutting it. I'll cut it out of the podcast. But this is going over the air. It's like, uh, it's on in 27 markets, my man. It's okay. No, don't worry. Right. Well, hello, everybody. Hey, I'm happy to no. look. I'm always happy to have a member of the Lincoln Project. And I remember when Reed was like, you know, like you were like the fifth Beatle in the Lincoln Project for a while, even though you were one of the main founders. And I would always try to get other people, and they'd be like, yeah, how about Reed? Now I got to book you like a month in advance. You got your, your, your scheduler oh. calling me. Oh. <laughs> your star has oh. risen, Reed. Oh, I don't know about all that, but, um, yeah, listen, I think that, you know, there's also, you know, there's also a, a dynamic here, which is Mitch McConnell would much rather have Dave McCormick in the United States Senate than, than Dr. Oz. Um, and that, uh, you know, Dr. Oz is going to, who knows what he'll do, right? But he'll probably side with Trump, which means he'll side with Cruz and Josh Hawley and Tom Cotton and all these other goons. Whereas, you know, the, all things considered for, you know, the U.S. Senate, Dave McCormick, probably not that bad a replacement for a Pat Toomey who's retiring this year. Right. I mean, Pat Toomey was a pretty middle of the road. I don't understand why Joe Biden wasn't able to get Pat Toomey to work with him a little bit more, uh, you know, during his time, you know, in the, in the last two years, especially since he announced he was retiring pretty soon after the, uh, you know, after after Biden got elected. So I don't understand why Biden didn't spend any time really working him. I don't either, but you know, both he and uh, um, Rob Portman from next door in Ohio, both were pretty, you know, go along to get along guys in the Trump era, right? They didn't, there wasn't a lot of times when they stood up. They were not, let me just put it this way. Uh, they weren't profiles in courage. Right. Yeah. Nobody really, nobody's really been a profile in courage these days uh, on the right. I, I was, I've been, I've been saying this a lot and people have been criticizing me on the left for saying it is I believe there are a lot of good people on the other side. I just don't feel like many of them are standing up enough. And I don't understand why I, I, I feel like your job as an elected official, especially a member of Congress or the United States Senate is to protect the Republic, especially if you're in the Senate and you would think a guy who's retiring like Toomey would be willing to do that. One would think, but I think he's probably more worried about whether or not he can get a gig on CNN or Fox or, you know, some corporate board position. Yeah, but don't you think being like a stand up member of the Senate who did the right thing and helped save the country would help him get like a corporate board gig or something like that? One would think, but I don't think that's been in his calculus, unfortunately, because I don't I don't see a lot of these Trump stooges winding up on on corporate boards. In fact, I don't see any of them on any corporate boards really. I mean, you know, maybe on the my pillow board or something like that, but they're not, they're not winding up on Nabisco or Hershey or anything big. No, but you know, we should, again, they're not going to do anything about anything. Right. I mean, 
the, the, the mistake that Toomey and, and his ilk make is that somehow the world will pass them by, but it doesn't. It, yeah. never, it never passes well, by. All, everybody thinks that these things will all work themselves out, and then here we are, you know, really six years into the Trump era, right? I mean, he's not president anymore, but we're six Almost years in. seven, really. Seven, yeah, 2015. Well, uh, and, and nothing has worked itself out. In fact, I feel like it's gotten worse. Oh, there's no question it's gotten worse. And in fact, I could make an argument if you want to stay in, in Pennsylvania, Chris, that, in fact, Donald Trump opened a Pandora's box, the monster got out, and he it got past him, and I don't think he has any real interest in controlling it. Um, this Doug Mastriano, who's the Republican nominee for the governorship there, uh, is is the true definition of ultra-MAGA. Yeah. Um, you know, he talked about how uh, in, in Pennsylvania, the Secretary of State is an appointed position. He's going to appoint somebody. He's going to get rid of all the voting machines. I mean, where do you think he's going to get rid of the voting machines first? Do you think he's going to get rid of them in in Chester County, in York? No. Wilkes-Barre? Do you think he's going to get rid of them in Center City, Philadelphia? No, he's going to do everything he can to make sure that Democrats can't vote and people of color can't vote. I mean, this, this, I, first of all, I think this guy's got to be stopped. I think that's got to be the number one priority of Democrats in America to stop this guy from getting elected. He seems to be a maniac to me. Um, you know, and, 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 and it just seems to be the pure definition of what the right has become in America. And again, where, where are the people standing up? I mean, that wasn't even a close primary. I mean, he, he won easily. He did, he did. Um, but that's, that's, you know, again, I think Pennsylvania is one of those places where, you know, in that T of Pennsylvania, it goes sort of up through York and Harrisburg and then out to, you know, Erie on the left yep. and, and Scranton Wilkesbury on the right, um, even further north than that, you know, that's that's highly concentrated concentrated MAGA. Yeah. Right. That's that's really and then you, you mix that with sort of the soft Republicans of the collar counties of Philly, the collar counties of Allegheny County, which is Pittsburgh, and you know, Donald Trump wins. Yeah. Especially against, you know, a candidate like Hillary Clinton. Yeah. He didn't obviously win against Joe Biden because Biden could bring some of those people back. So Reed, tell me how the Democrats are gonna screw up this choice issue that was handed to them here in November. I just feel like I feel like it's coming. I feel like we're overreaching in certain certain places. And I'm wondering what your thoughts on it. I mean, you're you're a guy who started your career on the right. Uh, you yeah. moved to the center. I think the center's where the race has to be won, especially in a midterm year. And I feel like we're messing this up. Well, I think there's a couple of things. One, I think um, when the initial leak happened, I think there were far too many Democratic elected officials who were like, "This is great. This is gonna. We're gonna win in November. Thank you for the gift, Supreme Court." Right. Um, and I, and I think that that is. Uh, too optimistic um, that it is an issue that has been, you know, a political football, uh, unfortunately, for 50 plus years in this country. And I think what the Democrats uh, need to understand is that, you know, I, I think a lot of times they believe their that their base is not the voters out in the states, but the well-funded special interests in right in D.C., New York, L.A., San Francisco. And so, you know, and they, they overlook the fact that, you know, a lot of the members, a lot of base Democratic voters, whether or not that's uh, Asian-Americans, uh, African-Americans, Latinos, uh, you know, rural and exurban Americans um, may not be against abortion. Right. Or they might not be for the craziness we're hearing, um, but they're not pro-abortion. Right? right. They're probably pretty significantly more culturally conservative 
uh, than your average, you know, Brooklynite. Yeah, they're pro-choice, but they don't want to, like, encourage people to get abortions. They'd like to try to make up, like, Bill Clinton had it right. Safe, legal, and rare. Right. Right. So, and I think that's where the center is. It is. And then I think that it it was a very tough thing for a lot of Democratic candidates. Uh, The the vote that Schumer forced in the U.S. Senate last week in which, uh, or maybe it was earlier this week, I'm not even sure, but it was basically an abortion-on-demand bill which uh, has like 10% of support in this country. Right. Um, codify codify Roe would probably pass. Right. If you had just said, keep Roe v. Wade as is, you, you, first of all, why not? But I think this is, again, where you're getting pressure from people. I mean, Chris, I'll just give a little tough love here. Like in places like Texas and Mississippi and some of the other places where these bills passed in 21, I assume Planned Parenthood had lobbyists in those states. Yeah. I assume they had operations in those states. Uh, you know, SB8, the bill that's, I think, awful in many ways uh, in Texas, passed a year ago. It didn't pass in September. It took effect in September. Right. And so I, I think now, you know, it's like, oh, well, this is going to be a boon to our fundraising. This is going to bring back suburban white women. Like, it might. But this is this. Now I'll bring the Republican side in like you asked me to, which is if I were a Republican strategist still, and you've already seen this because they tried to do it to Tim Ryan in Ohio. I'd get every reporter I could ask to ask Tim Ryan or whoever it is, are you for third trimester abortion? Are you for partial birth abortion? And you can watch them spin as they're trying to figure out whether or not uh, they want to be in the place they should be, which is for some more, you know, just for Roe v. Wade, safe, legal, and rare, just say that. Uh, Or do they feel like they have to toe a line for a special interest? Uh, And whichever way that they go, um, Republican campaigns will probably run horrific ads with photos and videos of third trimester abortion and partial birth abortion and say, Tim Ryan supports this. Right. And then Tim Ryan has to defend that position and has to push it back. Um, you know, and in the face of which, you know, I use him just because he was the first one I think to get asked, but there will be tens of millions of dollars to do that. Yeah. Um, as opposed to what I would do, which is what we saw president Biden do last week, which was, he called the Republicans ultra magas. Then he said, and Rick Scott and Republican leaders want to raise taxes on working class Americans on half the country and get rid of Social Security and Medicare. And why do we know it works? Well, because one, you know, entitlements, Chris, have been the third rail of American politics. But, you know, sort of the overgrowth uh, hid them for a while. Rick Scott, thankfully, you know, because of he's not very good at his job, brought those things, yeah. all that brush back. But the Republicans flipped out. They freaked out because. They know that that's a bad issue for them. If I had any advice for my Democratic friends, it would be to run Rick Scott and Republicans want to raise your tax. Yeah. Show the plan that he put out that Mitch McConnell was horrified. Mitch McConnell didn't want people to know what he was really thinking before the election. He even said it. (laughs) And look, and and look, there is a 54 second clip, which the Lincoln Project has posted. You can find it on our YouTube, our Twitter page of John Roberts, a host on Fox, taking Rick Scott to the woodshed. And Rick Scott says, oh, these are Democratic talking points. And, and John and John Roberts says, it's in the plan. Yeah, this it's is your plan that you put out. <laughs> and it says Fox News on the side. So you can even run it to Republican. Yeah. Right. And so this is the kind of stuff where consistently we say this, you know, Rick Wilson, one of my co-founders in his first book said, culture wars are where Democrats go to die. Yeah. Roe v. Wade has the chance to be not any different. If you want to stay on something that people care about in a time of rising costs of living and rising and, and, and stagnant wages, or maybe slightly increasing wages, like 
Make it economic. I mean, 92, it's the economy, stupid. It's always the economy. But I do think choice can animate parts of the base that don't normally come out in midterms, which could be good. But they got to use it correctly. They can't over reach. They can't just say we're for abortion. They got to say choice. There's a reason why we call it pro-choice, not pro-abortion. We're for the right of the woman, not the right of the state to make that that choice, that decision. Who should the choice be with, not the government? I I think it's a very, quite frankly, it's a conservative issue. Well, and that's the other part, too, is, you know, this is where where how the Republican Party has devolved. If the three legs of the Republican Party for decades were individual liberty, yep. um, a muscular and moral foreign policy, and fiscal responsibility and conservatism. That's all gone. It's gone. They have, they have, they have, the, the, the legs have been sawed off, right, and rebuilt with cinder blocks of awfulness. And, and, and by the way, other way, and they're sitting, they're sitting in the dirt. So, Reed, again, you're right. The three stools of what used to be conservatism in the Republican Party, they're all gone. They don't matter anymore. And again, I I, I know we touched on this. They're impediments to what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, personal responsibility, which is why I always, you know, choice and marriage equality, things like that. Like if you're truly conservative and you want people to have personal liberty, um, why would you be against those things? It doesn't make any sense to me, especially, you know, marriage equality. I mean, how people want less government involvement in their life would would determine who people can love is is beyond me but i guess they had some sort of weird connection to that uh but you know let's talk you know in the few minutes i have left with you i want to switch gears and talk about january 6th because every day i feel like there's new revelations today politico uh you know gave a story about um a couple of things about the the presidential photographer basically had photos of like every 10 minutes of Donald Trump that day. And of course, Donald Trump dissed her by not allowing her to publish her book. So hell hath no fury. Uh, so that's going to get payback. Uh, and, and of course, you know, the, the, the committee subpoenaing uh, members of the House who gave tours on January 5th. Uh, and, you know, I know you've been following this very closely. I know you wrote something about Mike Lee and his involvement, and his change. And uh, you're from out in that part of the country. So, you know, let's just mm-hmm. dive into it. Well, so I got asked this question the other day um, at a meeting, which is, do you think voters care about January 6th? And I said, it's our job to make them care. Well, what if it's not polling very well? I don't really care. You know, polling is when you when you debase a campaign on polling, you're following something. You're not leading. Right. Right. Um, If I had been in charge of this, um, the January 6th committee after a winter break would have had their first hearing on January 6th, 2022. Yeah. And they would have had them three days a week up until this moment and all the way through election day. Yeah. They would have hauled people up and they would have subpoenaed everybody within, you know, 200 miles of this thing. And what I think you see here, Chris, is the, is the, is the, what we'll call the normalcy bias of Washington, D.C., right? Which is, I think there are probably a lot of members or several members of that committee who don't like this. They want they want to talk about policy. They want to talk about prescription drugs. They're afraid that if they do this, the Republicans will do it. Step newsflash: They're going to do it to you. No matter. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? You think they're going to be nice guys when they get in? Come on. Yeah. You know they did they did Benghazi for three years for the sole purpose of driving down Hillary Clinton's chances of being president. Right. To make an argument, it helped. It worked. And so, uh, yeah. So I think that you know you see these dribs and drabs, and I think it's fine, but it needs to be a steady 
extreme of it. The other, the other reason too is the one thing we take as, a, as an article of faith at the Lincoln Project, Chris, is you must make your opponents react. Yes, you want Republicans on defense. If you mixed nonstop, you know, end to end coverage of January sixth, right, and all the people involved, and there will be members of Congress and the United States Senate and the president's team from all over the country, right? It'll get national press coverage with an economic message that Republicans want to do this to you, you got a fighting chance. Yeah. If you're going to, you know, if you're going to worry about why Joe Manchin won't help you, you know, pass build back better, and you're going to make your members take shitty votes on abortion, pardon me. That's okay. uh, They got it. (laughs) You know, um, uh, then you're going to lose. Yeah. These things are not complicated, Chris. Like, Everybody thinks that you need to overcomplicate this. They need to lead on the issue. They need to lead on democracy. They need to lead on these bad candidates who not only are bad people. Doug Mastriano in Pennsylvania was at the Capitol on January 6th. He sure was. Went in. Right. Right. These people, these are bad people. And the other part, too, is they have no interest whatsoever in government. They don't care. No, they have no. You know, you think you got people have got problems in this country. The economy is a problem in this country. You think Doug Mastriano cares about that? No. He just wants permanent power. Why? Why? Why do you think that down in Florida, Ron DeSantis wants to talk about Disney? Why? Because he does not have any answer for, nor does he want to spend one second on the fact that Florida has had the highest cost of living, highest and fastest cost of living increase in the country. Right. That's why he passes this stuff because it's it's red meat for the ultra mega base, and it and it distracts people from the fact that their rent went up a thousand dollars month over month. Right? Yeah. That's all this stuff is. And if you, and, and whether or not it's DeSantis in Florida or Abbott in Texas, or some of these other people, you don't even have to make up the messaging, Chris. It writes itself. It's all true. It's the same thing we saw in 20 with Trump. They do these things. They say these things as a matter of course, they're not even afraid of it. Right. It's, it's their policy. It's who they are. But why do you think right. like, the only so, thing that they're so, united only by one thing, and that's the desire for power. And they don't. And when they get the power, they don't. They don't do anything with it. It's it's just power for power's sake, which is just against who we are as a country. It's it's amazing to me. And I and and, and you make a great point about the normalcy bias, which is probably why Democrats Democrats have not realized that for the last eight years or so there has been no normalcy on the right. I mean, that's why people like you left the Republican Party. There's no there's no normalcy coming from them. And you you can't like like they say you can't bring a knife to a gunfight. Well, that's right, and I mean I think you know look in the in the normalcy bias affects and infects many many Americans, right? They want the they want the noise to stop. They want the crazy to stop. They just want it to all go away, right? They don't frankly Chris like Republicans. They don't really like Democrats. They're sort of sick of everybody, and no one will be quiet, right? Um, but. That, you know, in that regard, too, that that is an escape hatch for Republicans who hate their party and hate, the, you know, the things that Doug, Doug Mastriano says or Donald Trump says to say, well, it doesn't really matter anyway. I'll just pull the lever for these guys, as opposed to saying, wait a second, like, if I don't do what I need to and hold my nose and vote for a Democrat, a big D Democrat this time, then like, it's not going to work out for me. I mean, Chris, how often in life, personal or you know, or historical has ignore it and go away. It'll go away. Been a good strategy. It's never very rare. It never works. Ignore it. It'll go away is a, is a way to die. Quite frankly, you know, if you see a problem, you see a cancer. And quite frankly, I think Trumpism and MAGAism is a cancer. You got to cut it out. 
and 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 that's you know sure. Democrats. Look, I think Democrats are legitimately trying to cut it out. I think they do have a normalcy bias. I think you're absolutely right, which is why I have been frustrated why there hasn't been public hearings with the January 6th committee. And they're going to start next month. But what are they going to do? They're going to do four weeks of hearings and then take the summer off and then start them again in September. I don't I don't know what they're going to do here. Uh, but I also feel like I said, you know, there are a lot of good Republicans who, unlike you, decided to let, you know, you left the party. You're fighting against this craziness. But there are a lot of good Republicans who are like, ah, eh, this will pass. Oh, maybe I'll use this to get power. You know, even like Kevin McCarthy, you listen to those uh, those tapes of him on January, you know, right after January 6th, talking to his leadership team. He was saying what you and I would be saying, that this guy's ridiculous. He can't be president anymore. We've got to stop this. And then two weeks later, he's down in Mar-a-Lago kissing the ring. Right, because because he, he want, he, that's what he believed, right, at the time. And then when he saw that it wasn't, you know, that the window had closed on decency, you know, he's like, well, I'm not, you know, I, I got to get back to where I need to be so I can be speaker, which I don't think is going to happen for him. Anyway. He's never going to be speaker. And I think I'm the first person to say it to you. I remember saying it to you and, and you saying, uh... <laughs> Maybe, you know, you're probably right. But I mean, I think that, you know, you've got, you've got, um, you know, you've got the, the true ultra magas like uh, Jim Jordan, and then you've got the new, newly minted magas like, you know, uh, Elise Stefanik, who, you know, want his proverbial head on a plate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know who becomes speaker, frankly. Uh, if I had to put money on it, I'd put I my money. I mean, I now, Chris, I don't even know that it matters. Right. I, I, even if it were McCarthy, you're going to get the same outcome. Right. But I don't think it's going to be McCarthy. I don't think it's going to be Jim Jordan either, because it's kind of hard to call uh, your opponent's pedophile when, you know, once he starts running for speaker, all that stuff that happened in Ohio State is going to be blasted all over the news every minute of the day. You know, I, well, I don't know how you do that. By his own people. And if it happens first, it'll happen by his own people. Because remember, Chris, the only people that they hate more than Democrats or regular human beings are each other. And they, it's and it's by a, a, an order of magnitude. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that 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 happens with any leadership team in politics. It's 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 sad. Unfortunately, right. there's no loyalty. Uh, but, it, 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 you know, I, I am still though waiting. I'm like waiting for somebody to join Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger and like just stand up and say, this is ridiculous. And I'm going to run for reelection. I'm going to win my election because this is ridiculous. And I, I I don't know what you're seeing in any polling in Wyoming. Does Cheney have a chance? Uh, I, you know, I haven't seen any lately, but yeah, I think she absolutely has a chance aside from the power of incumbency. Uh, the, the fact that the Cheney name goes a long way, uh, in a place like Wyoming, where I think also, I believe that Democrats can switch over and vote in a Republican primary. So I think that they're, you know, if Democrats are smart, they will encourage thousands of Democrats to cross the line and vote for Cheney in the primary. Uh, because I think that she is, if she wins her primary, uh, it is two things. One, not only is it an enormous black eye for Trump, which is a good thing, but it also said, I stood firm and I beat him. Yeah. Right. That means you can too, and you should also. I think you're absolutely right. I actually been saying this, and some of my you know progressive guests have been like pushing back. I think it's important to the country that she wins. And I, again, I don't agree with her on, on almost anything on policy-wise, but I don't think she's trying to destroy America. And she stood up to a guy who is trying to destroy America in her own party and she's paid the price for it. And I think she needs to win now. And I think it's important that she does. Sure. So, you know, God help us. All right. So look, I got a minute left with you. I got to plug you. Uh, what's going on at the Lincoln project. What do you want people to know? Where can people find you? 
Yeah, sure. So you can find us on Twitter at Project Lincoln. You can find us on the internet uh, on uh, lincolnproject.us. I hope that you'll tune in to my podcast, the Lincoln Project Podcast, new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on your favorite app. Um, and you can find our streaming shows Monday through Friday, Monday and Friday at lunch, lunch with Lincoln, Tuesday and Thursday, the breakdown with the, the one and only uh, Rick Wilson and the even more one and only Tara Setmeyer. And then Wednesday nights, uh, we're speaking with Maya May and Lisa Sinical. We are not only a super PAC, but we, we got a lot of good information for folks and, and we hope that you'll sign up. Well, I love it. I love the work you're doing. Reed Gallon, always great to have you on. Come back again real soon. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. All right, I, I hope you like Reed. Reed's awesome. Always like talking to people from the Lincoln Project. Different perspective than mine, uh, but I think they're doing the right thing here, and I, I truly appreciate that. I, like I said, I, I think that unless more people like Reed, who are former Republicans, start speaking out against what's happened to the Republican Party, we're in trouble, especially this year. I, I, look, I don't want to sugarcoat it. Gas prices on Long Island this week were five twenty-five per gallon, um, and they may be going up from there. That does not bode well for the party of the president. And I am not blown away by the messaging out of this White House. I'm sure most of us aren't. It hasn't been great. And again, it's tough. I'm, I'm not saying that. The problem with Democrats is we actually worry about fixing the problems and we forget about the politics until it's too late. And here we are forgetting about the politics and it's getting too late. So it's going to be a rough year. But Republicans have to take ownership of this problem. People who are like, oh, no, you know, you know, they don't really believe that. No, they they really believe that. Donald Trump on Truth Social, and I know not many people are on Truth Social. On Truth Social. Talking about a civil war. Mastriano talking about how he's going to appoint a secretary of state who will decertify any voting machine he tells that person to do. That is the face of the Republican Party. That is what we're facing right now in America. It's bad. And it needs to be addressed, not just by Democrats, not just by independents, not just by the media. It needs to be addressed by Republicans. So I'm glad that there are people like Reed Gallon out there and the Lincoln Project and others. And I know, look, again, I, I, I hear it from people all the time uh, that, no, 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 you know, they're not really with us. I, I don't know what their you know, agenda is other than trying to stop these crazy 
uh, conservatives from taking over the right in this country, which they, which they clearly have. So somebody's got to push back for it other than me. Nobody's listening to me on the right, right? You're all, you know, you're liberals. You're listening to this podcast. On the right, they've got their own echo chamber and Republicans have a better time piercing it than I do, than Democrats do, than Obama does, than the mainstream media does. So let's hope they keep doing that. All right, I want to remind you now, as I always do, to seek the truth, question everyone and everything, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there, and I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. <laughs> 